You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast. Another episode of the Art of Floating podcast, where float centers thrive. This is a weekly podcast that tells our stories of running our own float centers. We love giving tips on starting and running a float center and uh, give uh, updates on uh, what's going on around the world with regards to floating. We also have interviews, and basically, if it's related to running a float center, we're going to cover it. Uh, you could find us on the Art of Floating podcast on Facebook. On Twitter, you can find us at Artful Floating, and you can join the conversation on the show by leaving a speak pipe on theartoffloating.com. Click the gold bar on the left side of the screen, and you can leave a voicemail. Um, let's see here. Well, um, before we get started, I'd love to uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Floataway, www.floataway.com, if you want to check them out. Um, they're the guys who set up the round float tanks at Liber in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They are the best float tanks I have ever floated in. Um, I, can, I can truly honestly say that. Uh, they've also, despite the fact that we've never given them a red cent, uh, they've given us incredible customer service on the used float tank that, that we have. So um, despite, despite uh, never, never paying for anything, um, actually, I guess we have given them a red cent because they've, they've sold us... Uh, products um, that go with the float tanks and you know if, if something has ever gone out replacement parts and all that stuff um, they've always given us a wonderful deal on that and have been so responsive so we've always appreciated it and we're so excited to bring them on as sponsors to the show um, it just made sense um, even when we started uh, the, the float shop the tranquility float tank the float away tranquility was quickly the favorite float tank at the center so it's just a friendly float tank Again, you can check them out at floataway.com. But I'm not here alone tonight. I have my friends here, my co-hosts. So good to be back. Hey. Amy Grimes, how are you? I am fabulous. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Yeah. Very I heard good. Uh, you went to Atlanta. Is that right? I know. I'm very excited. So I, I did. I got out of town this week. And of course, being a floaty person, mm-hmm. first thing we did when we arrived in the ATL or Hotlanta <laughs> Is we made our way to Float Atlanta and had a float. So I went with Mark. Um, When I say we, I actually went down with Mark. And we had our first float in an an isopod. Mark is my my business partner. Mm -hmm. We had our first float in an isopod, which was kind of exciting. Uh, But I just really, uh, well, let me back up. The most exciting part of floating in another place is knowing you can float, get out of the tank, and you don't have to clean the tank afterwards. (laughs) So I was very excited about that. Um, and I want to thank Gina and all of them there at uh, Float Atlanta for providing such a lovely afternoon nice. that we really needed. I'm so glad we're our topic today is uh, <laughs> talking about some burnout because, yes. yeah, there was some there was some rough stuff going into it. But they made that transition from our float center and the the hard day to day stuff to our mini work vacation a very beautiful and smooth thing. So thank you, Gina. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, Gina. <laughs> Thanks for taking care of Amy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Lance, you don't know anything about burnout, do you? No. No? Nothing. <laughs> Zero. He's nothing to add. He's done. <laughs> yeah. I'm on my, I'm currently uh, on my burnout week. Is that right? I'm taking, <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I'm on my week where 
I've had enough and I'm taking a few days away from everything and just catching up and collecting myself and just breathing and floating and just doing what I need to do to level out. So um, I I like that this week's topic involves (laughs) burnout because, well, I'm live in the moment right now. That's for sure. Well, um, going along with the, uh, burnout line you have talked to me i don't know if we've talked about it on the air or not but about um you work as a mechanic um yeah i think we did talk about this but you're you're trying to step away from the mechanic job is that right can you can you fill me in on what's going on there yeah so right now well i'm gonna have to break this down a little bit here please so um as we started the flow check uh well, before we started, I was working full-time as a mechanic. Um, we started to do our own design, drafting, and did our own construction. And during that time, I was working as a mechanic and doing our construction and building at the same time. Um, right when we were at the end of our construction, I um, had enough. I couldn't do the two-job thing, and I quit. I quit my mechanic job, decided to live off savings, and um, just go full-time with the flow check. So I was lucky enough to spend about uh, eight months full-time there. Two months of that was construction. The other six months was our first six months of operating. And um, that was nice. I was able to stable things out a bit and just get things functioning and sort of systemize and, you know, just invest as much time as I could that first six months. Um, but since I wasn't really paying myself at that time, um, I had to go back and work as a mechanic to pay my bills. I have my mortgage, a couple loans and just life bills. Um, but I have a girlfriend that works for the university of Alberta in a different city. So, um, starting an entrepreneurial journey, um, takes a lot of time. And when you're doing a long distance relationship, (laughs) that's another thing that's, you know, is, is difficult on itself. So I decided when I need to go back to work, um, I was going to work in Edmonton, which is about an hour and a half away from my city in in Red Deer. And that was my way to find balance in my relationship and to um, make some money to pay my bills. So at this time, I, I was, I've been doing this for just almost coming on to a year and a half now of working as a mechanic three days a week and then going back and working at the float shack um, three or four days a week. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing that for quite some time and Sandra. it just... Sandra was working full-time as a nurse while doing the, the business, and it just tore her apart. Um, at, at first, I, I sort of found some benefit to it because I was able to get some sort of separation, which when I was able to go back, I'd have so much more clarity and an open mind mm-hmm. to see things differently. But there came a time, or there came a point where, um, since I do a lot of the marketing and creative and just um, the communications and stuff like that, um, when I'm not there... Um, consistently, some of that starts to fall off. And that affects um, one of the most important things of the business, which is the marketing. So as as we've moved along, we come to see it's not worth it for me to not be there, especially as an owner, when this is my life, this is my everything, my mind is always here. um, But yet, I'm not there. So starting, hopefully next week, I sort of just called my boss in Edmonton and said, you know, I'm I've had enough. I was like, I've just, I've been doing too much. I'm not coming in this week. I'm sorry. I don't mean to put your stuff off schedule. 
I said, I got some family issues to deal with, some personal issues, some life issues, just everything that's sort of been pushed off to the side since I've decided to construct my own business. So yeah, I'm taking some time to deal with that. But when I go back, I'm only going to be going to Edmonton bi-weekly. So just working there three days a week, every second week. And that's going to help me transition to the float shack full time. And hopefully within the next month to two months, I'll be completely done with that. Um, just a couple things we have to do right now is sort of cut some employees hours a little bit to make up for some of the wage to pay me. And um, I don't want that to be very long. So I'm really hoping with me being able to give this extra time every week, I'll be able to be a little more consistent with our marketing and our communications and sort of those numbers will sort of balance themselves out again. And um, you'll be sure everything will f fall back into place. Yeah. I, you know, I have so many awesome ideas and things lined up and blog posts I want to do and, you know, creative stuff I want to do, but it comes down to time, you know, like I, I made a post last week talking about um, the float tank, how I have float tanks at my, um, at my disposal but sometimes it's hard for me to get in and I think we've talked about it on the show before is I'll be a foot in front of the float tank ready to get in and then I'll see some dirt on the trim I'll be like ah, you know I got to go clean that before I get in there I'll spend you know thank you float Atlanta these, yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah, float <seriously>. Atlanta <laughs> nothing better to float so, at somebody else's center <laughs> yeah it's it's there's just so much yeah I just have to remember to you know slow down take time yeah breathe focus on yourself, you know, clear the, the dirt and the room in your head there. And, you know, hopefully everything will balance out, but I've just, uh, I've gone, gone too hard for too long and I yep. just need to balance, need to slow down. Dude, so. you, you are a hardworking man. So I, <laughs> I am shocked every week at how much you do. <laughs> I'm glad you're taking a break. You know, bridge jobs are often necessary. Uh, Dylan, you mentioned Sandra and Lance. We know your story, man. We see you every week, and you are you're hardcore. Uh, and sometimes those those things are necessary. But I have to admit, and we talked a little bit about this before the show. I am super excited to see the growth in revenue and the growth in interaction with um, marketing uh, over the next two months. Even as he's putting back that biweekly, that time biweekly. Uh, I'm really excited to see the jump. I think that that would be a very interesting study if you mm -hmm. would feel the urge uh, in uh, perhaps May to to share some percentages or to share some victories that have come along with sacrificing a full time job for that putting that focus on your center. For sure, and I've sort of followed some of these numbers when I was here the first six months to um, when I mm -hmm. left, and you know when some of the campaigns I sort of strategically did um, you know all those numbers can be tracked but I definitely I want to see it too because um, you know have having to have this separation and be gone for so long has lit and has lit this huge fire beneath me where once I'm here it's like I know how good it feels to be in your own business you know interacting with your customers building what's yours building what's you know you know just being in your own space and when I'm there, I'm definitely going to be going harder than I've ever been. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that excitement. And there's what, what you're expressing yeah. there. You can't pay somebody to have that. Like I just, no. you, you can't. No matter how amazing of an employee they are, like just everything you just emoted uh, is is th that nobody else can have that sense of ownership, that pride, mm -hmm. and that drive. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You're, yeah. I I also would like to see those metrics if they're even possible to track because. Uh, 
that's something Sandra and I have really come to grips with over the past few months is our time has a dollar sign attached to it now. Like just mm-hmm. certain certain things just are not worth our time because we just have so much value to the business. And, and if we're working at the front desk, yeah, it costs, we might be saving an employee's hours, but that's costing our brain power, which at this point, it's weird because... Because uh, it sounds egotistical, but uh, we ha- it has a lot of value these days. We, we know mm-hmm. a lot, and us implementing things ha- has a lot of juice. There's a lot behind it. Well, you can do things that those employees can't. Um, I have the same issue with Mark. There are times when he wants to clean. I'm like, Mark, <laughs> you're doing chores. You're doing things that are on the list for whoever's running the front desk, mm-hmm. and I need you to do some uh, some things that are going to actually, you know, create some income for us. And we <laughs> kind of have that back and forth. And I find it interesting that as I grow in the business, time management isn't necessarily how much can I shove into this time allotment, but what can I get rid of to make oh. more uh, from the time that I have? It's, it's all about what can I get rid of instead huh. of what can I do mm-hmm. on top of it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Lance. Uh, I also got to say, and I, I know Amy said this off the air, but uh, going back to work, I think, is going to be very difficult. Um, I think uh, once you put in your two weeks, anybody who puts in their two weeks notice knows it's hard to keep showing up. And especially those last few days, you just want to get the F out of there. And I, with so much pride, the pride that you have, um, I think it's going to be tough every two weeks going back to that, going back to the mine, you know. So I'm I'm curious how long that's gonna last before you. Yeah, you said, <clears throat> sorry, you said that about a month ago. You said, oh, it's gonna be hard, and it wasn't hard until you said that, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm constantly thinking Wait, go, about. Dylan. Yeah, it's you, me. I, it's all me. I have some words for you, my Excuse friend. Me. What I meant to say is, it's gonna be a dream. You're gonna um, love it. <laughs> it's, it's just hard because I'll be trying to do something. I'll be trying to like diagnose something or, or fix something. I'm all dirty and. Then my I mind's somewhere else, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, no, my mind is at the flow yeah, center. That's it's what something I'm I have about. to do, or it's an email that's like, oh, you know, I got to answer that email, but I'm covered in grease right now. And next thing you know, I'm at home. It's ten o'clock at night. I'm exhausted, and I don't want to answer that email. So, absolutely, the same, um, same thing. With no, that it's weeks. not going to be easy, but it has to be done. And that's a lot of a lot of what's gone on the past three years of this this journey hasn't always been the most comfortable sure, but sure when you're uncomfortable i often feel um if you fight through it you're often rewarded mm-hmm. um being uncomfortable often comes with some sort of benefit so um i i, I feel that my uh route through this journey has definitely um had its ups and downs and yeah. has been a story. That's for sure. I feel like I can <laughs> nice. get out of this and say, okay, this is how I built my float center. Yeah. And this is what I've learned. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's great. And you know, I always <laughs> toggle between this concept of, uh, if, if something is difficult, there's an easier way. Um, like I feel like that's always true. It's just, it's something that's drilled into me through doing MMA. Whereas if, if you're really fighting to get somebody in an arm bar, there, there's probably an easier hold, right right next door you know i mean you could you could grab an ankle or a chicken wing there's something something else is going to be much easier to to do um but wow i should probably explain chicken wing is another term for another way to (laughs) tap somebody out the arm but um uh what (laughs) but what i 
so so there's always an easier way but the other thing i believe is is something that i learned from carl Jung is that there's you're supposed to have hard times and uh it's not just this uh you go through your teens or your early 20s and have tough times and then and then you got to figure it out for the rest of your life kind of with the impression that i get more the, the freudian style but you're supposed to have these tough times throughout your life and my impression is that if you don't have those times then you're not really pushing yourself you're kind of static and if you're static you're regressing so um i i totally agree with what you're saying and, and part of me says there's an easier way as well but like when when you talk right now i definitely feel like the yeah this is where we put in our time this is where other people aren't willing to do this we do this and then we get the benefits mm -hmm. from it and mm -hmm. like you mentioned earlier you don't you don't see your family you don't see your friends like it's mm -hmm. it kind of sucks you're not used to that and they they don't even mm -hmm. you don't choose not to you're just choosing something else so mm -hmm. much it, it just fades uh, over yeah. the years yeah and my life went through a complete shift because the schedule I used to work was eight days on and six days off. Whoa. They're eight, 10 hour days. And then you get six days off. So every six days was like a vacation. Right. But once this all started, it was like my life switched instantly. And it was having all this time off to no time off. And, mm. you know, that was hard for me to adjust, but mm. also my friends and family too. Right. Cause they were used to seeing me more frequently, could go camping, could always be out doing something to, um, no, sorry. Let me look at my schedule for that. What do you mean <laughs> schedule? Like, no, I have to do adult things now and like write things into schedules. So, um, but like Amy was saying, time, you know, my time, like we put a value to our time and my time I don't find is valued um, pulling wrenches anymore. Like I feel right. like yes. I'm more yes. of a creative uh, mind now and I know how to build or manifest or create yeah. much like I've done with this whole center. Um, and I want my time to feel valued, feel like, you know, I'm happy with where my energy is going. I'm happy with where my time's being spent because God damn it. Time is valuable. It really is. And it slips away. So quick. right. Yeah. Yeah. Time. And, and the other thing you brought up that I think is important, not only is time valuable, but your intention is valuable oh, yes. where you're putting yep. that energy, where that attention is going. It's like uh, it makes all the difference. You're a mechanic. You could probably explain this, but you know you've got you've got how much horsepower uh, a car has, and then you you lose energy before the rubber hits the road. And so there's there's only so much that actually meets meets the road. Like how to focus as much as what you've got to actually get to the road, or else it's it's lost and it's not being applied to your business. Well, now we're getting a little philosophical here. We are. This <laughs> and is I like this this whole energy, just this whole thing. I believe. You know, when this all started, this building, this business for this journey, I invest a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of work to build this business to the point where hopefully one day it will run itself with minimal, you know, it's still going to take work, but a lot of hands off. Right. Um, but I also feel that when you're, when you're investing energy, if you're constantly investing energy, somehow that's going to be returned because energy is always just being transformed from one form to another to mm -hmm. heat to light to this to that mm -hmm. but i believe if you as a being is working and putting energy into whatever this is around us that energy is going to be moved back towards you whether that's growth as a person or being rewarded somehow you just you got to work you got to put it in and that reward will come i've said that before but that's 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 how I'm getting through all this. I know <laughs> there's going to come that, that reward or that return or that time, you know, it's going to come. 
And um, I, I like I like the balance in this podcast because I get to hear Dylan's life when he's rock climbing and vacationing, and Amy's the balance in the middle with their second location. I'm still in uh, the the initial climb, so it's <laughs> it's. I feel like that was a gross, <laughs> gross. Uh, no, no, I. I don't. No, I, I think I've, it's. I've, I think this podcast is a beautiful balance. I really do, and yeah. I, I, I sort of envy where you're at, and I envy where Amy's at, and it sort of gives me drive and motivation to get to that point. To, you know, I see your success. I hear it every week when we talk, and you know, it's it's things like that that motivate to know that there is that glimpse of hope <laughs> where you can have time off, you can right, do right. this, you can, you know. You know, I gotta say, it was pretty interesting. It's funny that you just said that compliment to us because while you were talking, I was thinking, man, Amy and Lance are so ahead of where I was on their timeline. Like, <laughs> that that's so cool. And also the purpose of the show, right? I mean, that's the whole thing is right. it shouldn't take you this long to be where Sandra and I are at. It should be faster. It should be easier. Still going to be work, well, though. <laughs> it's still going to be a lot of work. But, but like you said, you know, you started before a lot of the – tools were available we got when mark and i started we had a little bit more lance started i think he had a little Mm -hmm. bit more information um so you can move faster and hopefully the people that come behind us the people that we're talking to who are just starting or just thinking about it they'll move even faster than us and it's that's exactly right um, we'll be catching up with them i don't believe it's it's necessarily how fast you can move it's it's what you can learn along the journey like what I've learned, you know, not only with everything we've done, but working with a business coach and challenging, you know, with having to bring a partner on and, you know, having to buy a partner out and the ups and downs of relationship with a business partner, with everything I've learned throughout this, this journey, I can bring on to another business. I want to start another nonprofit association. I choose to start. These are these lessons we take here, they come with us for the rest of our life. So it's not necessarily a race to get you, you know, everyone wants their center pumping the day they open the sure, door, but sure. think about your learning, what you're learning with those struggles and those ups and those downs and those, you know, you're, every day you're learning something. So. Nice. <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'm still here to make it a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think a that's little bit more efficient. Here. A little more mm-hmm. efficient, yeah. Just those little things that you don't don't have to figure out on your own. Because there's right. there's still going to be plenty yeah. of physical, business, spiritual hurdles that are going to be yeah. very real for everybody. But just yeah. knowing knowing some basics, put your shower close to your float tank. You know, <laughs> those yes. things. We should make it easier on everybody. <laughs> that's the plan. Well, that was a fun tangent. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, blur. are you kidding me? That, that's good that stuff. Was fun. Um, oh my gosh, I just have to say, stuff. I can't even believe I didn't say this pre-show or uh, anything uh, during the show, but it's so good to be back. We we took a week off. We played a, an interview last week, and uh, we haven't spoken for two weeks. I've been looking forward to this so much, and I'm so happy to be talking with you guys. My goodness. Um, so it feels like forever. It feels like forever. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but yeah, this has become quite the um, the part of my life to to be on here once a week. It's it's a blast. Mm-hmm. So it is good to be back, and for conversations like the one we just had, I love it. Um, I uh, want to give a little update about uh, 
gosh, was it? Yeah, I guess it was probably the last podcast two weeks ago. Um, was uh, Emily let us know that she was leaving? She, um, I, I will put the link up there again. She gives a beautiful speech uh, about uh, recovering from anorexia through floating, and um, she went from, I mean, basically unhirable to our star employee at at the float shop, and has since um, taken a gig in San Francisco. Uh, which I just got pictures of her her new flat and it is amazing, um, but uh, but she is on to amazing things working in a anorexia recovery center. So uh, um, so proud of her, so excited, and I just wanted to fill in everybody that she's in San Francisco now. And and if you're if you're a local, uh, drop her a line. And if if she wants to, she does uh, write the show notes for this. Uh, she can go ahead and put her email in there. I know she's always interested in reaching out to some to uh, everybody in the community. So if you want to reach out to her or wish her well, uh, please feel free to email her. Um, and man, we wish her the best. Although now we are at a crazy transition at the float shop. We just had a meeting today, uh, an employee meeting. And uh, <laughs> like Jen, Jen is, uh, I guess, our lead employee at this point. <laughs> she's she's like, Emily's my crutch. <laughs> like I need my crutch to get to get through. Aww. So she's uh, she's expressing more upset at her leaving than excitement. <laughs> I say that lightheartedly and, and she's she's being joke joking about it. But uh it's tough. It's a big change. We have two new employees on, so there's just a lot of transition uh, going on in the shop right now. Uh, we also had an LMT um, put in very short notice uh, to, to leave our business as well. So threw, threw some wrenches in. Um, actually, honestly, like right before we left on vacation, I mean, we've been doing this tank thing for mm. quite some time, and and uh, we just we just felt more and more and more burnout like every tuesday we're just in the red in the red in the red and honestly it was taking a toll on our business uh which had to do with uh, one of our employees leaving and and i'll i'll get into that either later today or another episode but uh but um uh literally up to the minute we were going to the airport float shop business was happening it was just oh my god like sandra was having a meeting with an employee um, that needed to happen before we left. I was literally wow. packing the last bags and had to say, hey, we have to go to the airport now. Like, you guys have to wrap it up. So, um, I mean, talk about shoulders next to your ears. We were at our limit. I mean, we were just at our limit. Um, and uh, we went on vacation. And it was wonderful. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that. I know our topic yeah. is, is burnout. We'll get to that more. But... Uh, Want to share the good news with Emily and just that little bit about the shop and how there's quite a bit of transition going on right now. And um, well, I just got back from vacation, so it's all feeling really good now. So it's, it's pretty cool. All manageable. Yeah. Um, I want to uh, play a little speak pipe uh, here. I'll just cut right to it. Here we go. Hey, Dylan, Amy, and Lance. This is Dana Heifel here in Portland, Oregon. And I've been listening to your podcast now, I've been walking to work. Really loving them. I'm a massage therapist here in Portland and I'm working toward opening up a float center in Northeast Portland. Dylan is in Northwest, so we'll be across the river. Um, everything you guys have said has been so helpful and I just want to say that I really, really appreciate it. Um, keep going on. You guys are amazing and hopefully I'll have something to contribute one of these days. Um, I'm looking for a space right now and I'm in the process of getting funding. So yeah, thanks very much. And uh, business name is Float North, floatnorthpdx.com. 
Um, all right. Have a great one. I look forward to the next podcast. Bye. Thanks, Dana. Yeah. That's very cool. Thanks, Dana. Uh, Dana's becoming uh, a friend here in, in Portland. It's really cool. Um, I know there wasn't a question in there. It was a little... Um, I, I don't normally just want to play speak pipes that are complimenting the show, but uh, I thought that one was particularly interesting for two reasons. One is she already wants to contribute. <laughs> That's such a cool vibe. Like, I already yes. want to bring something to the industry and that's such a cool attitude. I just, I really dig that. And I think the best learners want to teach too. So I, again, just what a cool industry that we're in here. I just love it. Um, (laughs) And the other thing was she was, she was talking about uh, being in Northeast. We're in Northwest. Flodon is in Southeast. And when we were first opening, you know, we didn't want uh, the Southeast quadrant of Portland. We wanted to make sure we were not in the, you know, the, the footprint of Flodon and we wanted to you know, not be battling for the physical demographic. So Northeast was was open, and um, I uh, she's been working with Flodon, she's been working with us, and it's just been a really cool relationship. And um, I guess I just kind of also wanted to put out there that this uh, idea of competition, it's a, it's a really good thing. Um, we're basically giving her all the information we have on, on running a, a good business uh, or soundproofing or what, whatever it is, um, because we want her to have a quality product. Um, when, when people are offering floats that aren't quality, it, it doesn't help the industry. And when you have good competition, you, you both have to strive to, to have the highest quality or to, have, to meet your mark. Um, so that's, that's what we want. We want to set her up right, and um, so does Float On. I had the pleasure of talking to Dana a few weeks ago. Oh. Um, first of all, she's lovely. Yes. And I enjoyed yes, talking is. to her. And what I really enjoyed was um, she was she was very uh, diligent in what she in her research mm. and starting. Uh, she was asking a lot of fantastic questions. She made <laughs> me do some thinking on my own stuff. So uh, I was really excited to hear it was it was uh, from her. She's looks like she's moving forward and doing some great things so i'm very excited for dana and everything she has done and everything she will do so way to go dana yeah research doesn't seem to be an issue with her she's she's got the drive and and the will to really figure it out i like it yeah and you're right she asks the right questions do do you remember what stumped you or made you think about your own we actually got talking a little bit more because i am an lmt Mm. and we spoke right after the podcast where i talked about um, I went. I, I had mentioned on the air why, or that I had gotten rid of the massage room to add another float room, and she really wanted to understand why I made that decision. Uh, and it had something to do with as we walked deeper and deeper into you know the steps I took into coming to that decision. Um, she had some uh, interesting views on it, so uh, it just was. A, it was a good way to to think through what I had done and how I had done it, and mm-hmm. it was some really good conversation. That, that's interesting that that just real specifically about the massage and floating. I know you and I have mm-hmm. had different experiences with our businesses and the two. Um, I'd be curious what her thoughts were on that. And, and uh, we should talk more about that in another episode. That's, I think you're right. I think you're right. Lots it. of ways to look at it and lots of ways to implement it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to go over the kind of the ups and downs lessons learned. Um, because I think a lot of people want to do multiple modalities with their float centers. Um and uh, I think that can be a good thing if it's implemented properly. So maybe we could shed some light on that and, and share our mistakes as well. Because as always, I, I've got plenty of them. So. Yes. Yes, yes. Unless you're planning on bringing an LMT still, right? 
Um, yes, we are. Um, the space that we were putting them into has been moved f- for to make room for another business venture we've been oh. tackling. So um, that's sort of our storage and inventory area right Got now. It. But uh, cool. with our with our space we are developing, where there is going to be a therapist room, and we are hoping for a massage. So again, I would love to uh, that be a topic because I don't know. Like, there's so much to involved there with you know do you hire them as a staff how do you pay them do you rent out their room do you take a percentage do you do the booking do you yeah you you know you both know there's (laughs) there's a lot there so i think it'd be a great topic cool so you're not going to tell us what the project is (laughs) um the project (laughs) is float oriented it float oriented and it is targeted to people who run float centers and it will help you with your supplies <laughs> and everything you need to run a float center. So. Cool. Lance, you're such a such a tease. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait a well, <laughs> it's just like How we're, could we we're possibly yes. We're just at a point where it's like yeah, there's been so much work to this point. We're uh, waiting just to get to the top of the climb, and we're almost at the top of the climb. Cool. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, in the next week or so, I'll have some more announcements. Okay. But, uh, website's right. almost done. We're almost there. Yeah, it's a lot of work. That sort of added up to this this whole burnout thing that we're talking uh, about is right. trying to do all this and the Canadian Float Collective mm-hmm. and this podcast and hey, let's start another business. <laughs> so, You're up for the challenge. So yeah, Matthew, my my partner, mm-hmm. he spent a lot of a lot of hours the last few weeks building this big honking business plan, which. Mm. Is is a beautiful, beautiful product. We've definitely learned a lot when it comes to building business plans and what nice. the bank's looking for, and nice. especially working with our business coach. So we got some mm. some really valuable numbers and information in there. But yeah, that's um. So yeah, we will have a massage therapist in the future. <laughs> that is coming. <laughs> Lance, can I also can I ask you another random question? More more tangents here, but just uh, keeping everybody else and myself up to date on that other float tank. Uh, are there any updates on that? Mm-hmm. So um, we did have a meeting about three weeks ago with uh-huh. the gentleman that has the float tank. Okay. And um, he has to crunch some numbers because mm-hmm. um, in order for, so like I said, he is giving us this float tank. Mm-hmm. By giving us, I mean exchanging him being able to use it basically whenever he wants mm-hmm. um, for us to take care of it and have it in our center. But um, before the asset is transferred over to our name, he wants to know at what time, what length of time is that going to be before that asset is transferred to our name? Is it six months? Is it one year? Is it three years? How long? Because he's a very busy guy. So, um, you know, he said, well, six months. He's like, well, I might get one float in six months. He's like, is it worth me to sort of, you know, give you my float tank and then, you know, come month, you know, five something happens and then the bank's coming to repossess it and I lose my tank. So he's doing some number crunching to figure out um, what the duration, well, we all are, I guess, what the duration of time is for um, us to have that asset if it's two and a half years before um, it's something he's lending us to versus it's ours now. Interesting. um, We just want it to be fair for everyone here. No one's trying to, you know, take advantage of the other person, but... Um, he's a business, doing it right. He's a business he's savvy guy. Very business savvy guy. I so. dig it. 
He's also going to be a big help to us uh, when it comes to some of our accounting and book bookkeeping no and way. stuff like that because <laughs> he owns uh he owns over 90 accounting firms. So he's um definitely <laughs> knows some ins and outs and so even the 1 hour meeting we had with him it was like it felt like talking to a guru in the business industry sure. like there's so much coming at me it's hard to digest so um, Oh that's awesome. Very very excited not only to obtain the float tank, but to build the relationship with another prominent um, business person in the community who can really, awesome. you know, he's a, he's a floater, so he's vibing with us. And um, just, it's, it's good to have people on your team, you know. That's so great. Congratulations. I love it. And I love that it's a networking <laughs> so. thing too. And uh, gosh, that's yeah, so exciting. Yeah. yeah, but no, we do not have the float tank yet. Yeah. I'm hoping just to get a phone call and it's a matter of, one day pick it up or you know negotiate some things but oh yeah wow cool man uh thank you for the update you're very welcome i wish i could have more for you but i'll let you know <laughs> so uh i have um let's see here a uh email was it yesterday i think it was yesterday email showed up in my inbox announcing a certain event coming up later this year a little pre-sale anybody else get an email I did. Yeah? I did, I did. I know exactly what you're talking about. Nice. That email with a giant savings in it. <laughs> right, big, yeah. Big coupons exactly. to save hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, the float <laughs> conference. It's uh, it's this year. It's it's coming up again. My goodness. Um, and uh, they're doing a pre-sale. There's a way to get them for cheaper than full price. So that's exciting. Um, and There's only uh, 100 tickets, though. Yeah, that's that's the interesting uh, thing. So, limited, yeah. so this is uh, being announced, uh, t- or excuse me, it, it's announced today, but it's going on sale as of the recording of this tomorrow morning. We record on Tuesdays. This airs on Thursdays, which means it's already going to be out there for, uh, f- you know, for uh, 24 hours about. So, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be sold out by the time this airs? A hundred? I believe it sold out in less than a day last year. Is that right? So okay. I'm well, guessing. shoot, if you're hearing this, uh, it might be worth worth a go to get it. But I will also say it's just worth your time to to purchase tickets no matter what. It's there's there's no event like this. I mean, it's easy for me to say I'm here in Portland, but Lance and Amy, maybe you'd want to share a little bit the, the value of the conference. Absolutely. Uh, there are there's so many fantastic things about this. Uh, not only is there the networking and the encouragement and the support of the community, but it's probably the only time we ever get such a large dose of information that is so pertinent not only to us, but that we can share with our clients. Um, And it's an opportunity to network. We were just talking about networking with people in the community. Well, here's an opportunity to network and to talk and have conversations with people that, quite frankly, because we're still a pretty small community, most people would never have that opportunity. Most Uh, communities would never have the opportunity to talk to people of the caliber of like Dr. Feinstein, Justin Feinstein, Mm -hmm. and he's so accessible uh, at uh, events like this. Yeah, that's the truth. Lance, what do you get out of it? Oh, I've enjoyed the conference every year. The networking is is unreal. Mm -hmm. Um, I went three years now. I missed the first year. I wasn't in tune with float tanks that time, Uh but the first year we went, it was, it was like an awakening. We had 
so much information come in and we realized what type of community we we're in because like we spoke about in previous episodes we had some occurrence with our name and that sort of uh, made <laughs> us question the float industry so i was sort of right. actually scared to go to the first float conference because i thought there'd be a ton of competition but huh. getting there and, and getting to speak with everyone there's a lot of wonderful people that are open-minded and just full of excitement and just ready to show the world what float tanks can do and yeah um the information just getting to see all the manufacturers and ask all those questions mm -hmm. and the science and i just like being around the people i really do yeah. people all those people that float in one place like that's a that's a cool vibe that's going on there yeah um, but we've uh, our drives we've drove the last three years and it was 17 hours each way and I think each time we slept in the car for a night on the side of the highway. And, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, we've, we've had some good stories going to the float conference, but every year I look forward to it. Awesome. It's always fun. There's, there's so many unique issues in the float industry that we all mm. face. There's nothing like having people who can uh, commiserate with yes, us yes. on those issues. It makes it, makes it feel a little better. It makes Absolutely. everything feel a little bit more uh, manageable or less overwhelming. Yeah, there's nowhere else... You open a float center, you might have a few people in your city who, who also run a float center at best, but, but joining up with hundreds of people who are going through the exact same thing or in the same state of starting their business as you, wherever you're at, oh, there's nothing like it. And yeah, we, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but yeah, there's also the science. There are all these speeches and everything going on that, that are getting better and better every single year. I'm just loving it more and more. But again, it's the people. Um, Amy, I met you because of the conference. Lance, I met you yeah. because of the conference. Uh, when when we're posting on float tank facilitators, I recognize so many of those faces because we've met before, and and your community just grows that way. You're not just in this alone. You've you've got this this float community, which doesn't. We're in a really cool place with this industry. I mean, if it was pools, there'd be thousands of people. I mean, it it so many industries. It's it's not like this, and it just happens to be this really cool. Um, community of people who like to support each other too it's it's not just about this particular particular technology or something we we seem to have the same kind of energy with with how we view view the world um so and i also say there's a lot of good beer let's don't forget the beer in portland mm -hmm. very important part oh my in god portland. that's what we should always visit portland <laughs> are you kidding me that's exactly right <laughs> oh lord have it's mercy. a very important part of yeah. the conference for me personally so i just want to make sure we get that in there. you know i know i'm going to offend a lot of people here but there are a lot of good ciders now too for people who don't do gluten or what have you there are some some people crafting some some pretty excellent ciders so i'll put that out there as well but yeah oh yeah you can you can come here and have some beers, that's for sure. Um, so uh, definitely shout out to Ashcon who who puts on the, the float conference. And I think, does Graham officially host it as well? Or not host it, but put it together? Um, I know it's, it's Ashcon's full-time full, full -time gig. So shout out to him and to, uh, to Float On for hosting that every single year. Because I don't think the industry would be anywhere near what it is today uh, at least in the u.s without them so they deserve some big props so hopefully you guys get those mm -hmm. uh, pre-sale tickets get them cheap but even if you don't it's going to be worth your time i, I promise I, yeah. I think it's just a guarantee it's such a good event and they take care of you too i mean um not only is the conference super cool but 
lunches are oftentimes paid for or after party snacks like some serious meals and, and drinks as well. And float tank cakes. <laughs> float tank cakes are, are definitely a possibility. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that. And, and uh, it, it's been interesting blogging. Uh, I've always been very excited coming up to it and then just want to cover everything. And then I, I experienced tons of burnout uh, for the blog uh, immediately following or about a month afterwards. So I'll be curious how we, we approach this this year uh, as, as podcasters, what the, what the energy is going to be like. Because, my God, there's going to be months worth of content to talk about after, after the conference. So I'm curious how we'll, how we'll handle that. But uh, one thing that Amy Lance and I have been talking about is uh, I hosted a roundtable discussion uh, at last year's conference and Graham asked me to come back to do that again so I think we're gonna just make that a Art of Floating podcast roundtable and um, and we'll get we're, cra- we're crashing the party that's right yeah Amy and Lance are gonna crash the party <laughs> completely uninvited and uh, and uh, we'll put some microphones in there and make a podcast out of it too so that that'll be real cool too um and it'll just be good to see you guys again in person. Yeah. And our listeners, awesome. too. How exciting. So much fun. Party. <laughs> it's just a big party. Anything else you guys want to say about the conference before we move on? Because the next thing is burnout. <laughs> the next thing is burnout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I experienced a little burnout yeah. at the end of the conference. Uh. I, it's always... it's uh, There's so much excitement, all the people and everything. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and... and it's nose to the grindstone again. Plus, I, I tried to do the writing about it, which which burned me out on that as well. But how do you how do you maintain sanity and and all of that? It it kind of sounds like all of us are in a similar place right now. I, I'm gonna bear with me here, but Lance, you're just experiencing some extreme burnout of multiple businesses, multiple jobs. Amy, you've got a lot going on with the expansion, so much going on, and you took a little vacation to decompress. Um, I've been doing the float tank uh, thing every week while, while dealing with some employee stuff and uh, just, just, I guess, standard business as well. And, uh, and finally took a vacation, took a little over a week off. So it almost seems like we're in similar spaces. Is that, would you agree with that? Yeah, I can see as we look back over what we've done in the last few months, I can see this culmination that has definitely uh, uh, crescendoed. (laughs) And I think we all kind of reached a breaking point. I could see, I shouldn't say a breaking point, but I could see that we were all just kind of feeling everything pretty heavily in the last two weeks. And, um, And we finally, I guess we all did unintentionally. I think we all took a break here in the last last week. It's kind of funny funny. how that worked out. Yeah, not planned at all. Not planned at all. Lance, what have you been doing to decompress? Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> I, w- I would love to say not working, but I've been working. <laughs> um, part of my transition uh, moving from my Edmonton job to the float shack, um, I do own a house and I have another roommate that's moving in. So I've been building another room in my house that wow. that roommate will move into so I can make more money to sure. transition over. Yep. So I've actually been basically doing construction, a lot of <laughs> drywall and mud and painting and some, some lighting and stuff. But um, just stepping away from my daily, almost like groundhog day or routine wow. life to just focus on what needs to be done, which is declutter and organize and just... Mm. 
you know, take a, take a different view at everything that's going on in life and sort of prioritize. So I've been doing a lot of, a lot of writing here and just getting some thoughts out and trying to get organized like that. But, um, just taking my time to more than anything, get organized and reflect. Um, I have gotten the float tank a few times the last few days, which is really nice. Um, that's helped a lot, but I'm, uh, I'm going to take the next few days to just, I think, do a little more writing and uh, maybe go through that email list that's been piling up. But that's not really decompressing. That's <laughs> no. just, yeah. Stay away from that. <laughs> it's so it's so hard. How do you completely, you know, decompress or let go without letting everything pile up? Yeah. Because as I've been taking a few days away from sort of my phone or away from this, that pile is just getting bigger that I'm going to have to come back to, you know, it's like with every up, there's a down sort of. Amy, do you have any advice? Yeah. Well, you know, that brings up something interesting that we were, we were talking about beforehand. Uh, Dylan, you mentioned you went on vacation and you were, you were able to really uh, disconnect this time. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, Now now that you have, and and some of it probably was just, you had no internet access. I know where you were at. It was beautiful. Um, But you know, one thing I've noticed, especially the first few times I've left my team alone, uh, it's very interesting as, as our team grows, as our employees grow, and we get to know them better, I can leave and not, I, I don't even check in, quite frankly, most of the yeah. time. They have my number if they need me. Yeah. How was it for you this time, and was it different than when you took vacations in the beginning of your business? For sure. Yeah, that's that's a good question, because that's, that's changed over time quite a bit of going on vacation, being very in contact while being out of town, finding out a float tank went completely brown. Uh, and, and it was because of an employee's choice of, of what to do to the water uh, that made it go that way and handling that while on the road while trying to decompress. Very different than today of having total faith in these two women just knowing what they're doing, you know, just knowing how to run the ship and... Uh, that's the Emily and Jen were basically in charge, you know, I mean, they're, they're the go-tos and, uh, and we have other employees that are just are, they rock. Um, but I would say these two take the most ownership. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, we just knew that they had it. We knew if there was an absolute emergency, we'd, we'd get a text or a phone call. And yeah, again, that's if we had service, but, um, it was, uh, surprisingly easy <laughs> to decompress this time because I knew that they had it. And, and so we went to Malibu, California, which was kind of funny because we didn't, we didn't plan on it. Uh, we just found an Airbnb on the beach and then we realized we were surrounded by neon signs and all this, this funny stuff. Sandra goes, are we in, are we in Grand Theft Auto Vice City? <laughs> like nice video game reference, baby. Nice. Um, but, uh, but the beaches were incredible and, uh, it was so easy to decompress when it's just been nothing but rain. And that was another thing. Sandra was just like, I just need the sun. I just need some sunshine because it's been so cloudy here for so long. And, and we got that. We cooked under the sun. I got the, she was just recovering from the flu and we left and I got the flu, um, the day after Valentine's, which was great. We had an incredible Valentine's day and cooked a dinner in our Airbnb and just had such a great romantic time. It was so lovely. Like, we don't get that all the time, you know, those those date nights and that ability to be just just her and I. And so we really got to 
to feel that, which was so good. Um, and then I got the flu and, and I was sick. And um, even then, even though it wasn't, um, you know, chilling on the beach, it wasn't answering email. It was still disconnected. Uh, with that being said, um, over the next few days, I would check email. I'd, I'd pop in a little bit, but they they seemed to make sure that very few emails reached me. Um, they were only seemed to be really important things, and I think that was kind of the big thing was handing it off to them. To you, we we took time. We really planned this one out, and they knew that. I think they had a lot of pride in making sure this. We're going to make sure this goes right. And, uh, and we knew that. And so that gave us confidence. And, but anyway, the prep of not just like, we're out, we're gone. Um, you know, try to do this. It, it was, it was set up. So I think that helped, but, uh, yeah, had the flu got started feeling better. And at that point we, um, had left for uh, Joshua tree and that, that was the real decompression. I mean, I was talking about shoulders being up at the ears earlier. It was at, at that point, I, at some point during that, I realized my shoulders were just completely relaxed. I, they were just, I hadn't thought about work. I mean, you step out there. I, everybody says you got to visit Joshua Tree or it was so incredible, this, that, or the other. And then you get there and you realize you're just surrounded by God all around you. Just the presence of, of this beauty around you. It's, it looks like an alien planet. It doesn't look like it's of this earth and it is just a holy space. And I don't think you have time to, or I didn't feel like I could keep um, anything mental, any academia or there nothing with the business. How, how could I consider those things when I was in the presence of this? So um, that was incredible. Uh, we loved it. We stayed on a, a horse ranch where they, they rehab horses that have been abused or malnourished or what have you. And um, so just feeding horses, carrots and hanging out with potbelly goats. I don't know if that's what they're really called, but there are some funny looking goats and <laughs> some six, six week old puppies. I mean, all that stuff just means you can't focus on that stuff. It was just great decompression. And we were just having so much fun. We watched a stupid movie and just laughed our asses off, you know, like, you know, that's a good thing when, when uh, just something dumb is going to make you laugh. We're making each other laugh. And it was just like, oh, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be, right? This is this is the good stuff, um, which has been interesting transitioning back. So we've, we've only been back for two full days now. We flew in Sunday night. We actually, our, host, our house was hosting a, good, a goodbye party to Emily. So we, we got in and it, it wasn't like, all right, we're going to bed. It was, there's, there's employees and um, friends and a little, little party going on, which is, which is actually really nice. Um, and then um, Monday, we pretty much took off. But then again, getting more into the email and everything. And then I notice, um, and honestly, I'm... I don't mean to throw Sandra under the bus on this one, but I think it's easier to see things in other people than yourself sometimes. But I, you know, heard the keyboard clacking harder, saw the the little furrow in the brow as she's going through email, <laughs> that type of thing. And um, that's and and again today we we were doing construction and everything, and um, I feel very good. I feel relaxed. I feel like um, the business is in a good place. I don't feel this urgency to get the tank open anymore. It's a self-sustaining business as it is. Like it, it, it works, you know, and this other thing is going to add to it. And um, it could just have its own flow to it at this point. It doesn't have to be this backbreaking thing every Tuesday. I feel like even, even on the show today, I'm just a little more lucid, a little more, everything's a little bit easier because I haven't been working since 7 a.m. till, we, till minutes before we, we record. Um, 
So that's something I've, I've really been thinking about is like, how, how do I maintain this? Like what boundaries do we put up? How do I do self care? That's another thing that I, this is going to sound a little bit weird, but physically, I mean, we went out and hiked or rock climbed every day. I mean, we rock climbed and, cl- and hiked every day. We did both of those things and we got back and Sandra and I did some indoor bouldering yesterday and my body just feels good. I feel in my body. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it's like, oh yeah, like your body wants to be used, not just every other day at best is how much I'm going to climb. That's, that's on a good week. Um, uh, I got to do better. I, I, I'm going to enjoy things more if I'm taking better care of myself, which of course is going to, the employees are going to feel better if I'm feeling good. If I'm feeling this way, they're going to do better. That's going to be better for our customers, better business. Um, I know I just rambled for a very long time without anything definitive, but it's just uh, the, the the question is how how do we extend this? And yeah, more vacations. We need to take more vacations for sure. We need to not let it get to this point before we go on a vacation. Um, but what do we do during the day to day to to extend this feeling and to take take self care in the meantime? That's what I want to figure out because I, I don't want to I don't want to work so hard all the time. I, I want to enjoy life day to day too. Yeah. And so the things I got from that are number one, <laughs> yeah. Lance, there's hope for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is coming. There is, this is coming. And it's true. As you, as you get established, it is coming. Um, the second thing I, I heard from that was um, planning is important. Planning oh, right, ahead right. and making sure prep is, is happening so that you can walk out the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so crucial part of that that I need to uh, perhaps look into a little bit more. Before. I'm, I'm actually leaving out of town, not necessarily on vacation, uh, to take care of uh, some family issues this week. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I, I have a little bit of a little bit of prep to do. And third is go somewhere where there's absolutely no <laughs> way for you to connect right. ever. Which, by the way, I'm going to my, my uh, family home in Pennsylvania, and it is so much in the boonies that there is no internet Uh-oh. at all. Good. <laughs> so yeah. I can't, I, my phone doesn't even get through. So, so Lance, we can do this. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. I, be- I believe you. I just hope you're able to do it sooner we've we've gone on one other vacation we went to hawaii and technically it was also a a business thing kind of like your trip to atlanta but uh yeah i just hope you're able to do it do it more often and even lance i i mean i don't know i don't know what things are like for you like some people like construction to the degree that that's that's a vacation but just the ability to go away like like i mean is if your cell phone doesn't work that's that's pretty awesome but to be able to just go somewhere else altogether go camping something like that I hope you guys are able to do that sooner than and more often than we've been able to. That would be that would be nice. That's what I would wish I will upon say, you. For real. Yeah. And I will say and and you know science does point to this. We just have a tendency to ignore it. <laughs> um, Mark and I were up against some we we had some issues pop up <laughs> once again with getting the second location started. And we kept banging our heads up against the wall just trying to figure out what we were going to do. And sure enough, our second day in Atlanta, even though it was kind of a work thing, we did take some time to go to our favorite steakhouse. We took some walks. Uh, The second day, all of a sudden, we were having some drinks in the evening before dinner. 
And I'm like, holy shit, I think I know exactly what we need to do. And all of a sudden, I'm like, we're grabbing the computer, and we were able to solve one of our very <laughs> pretty <laughs> scary problems. Um, so that stuff does happen when you yes. let things go. Oh, my God. Uh, other stuff happens. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's important from that standpoint. I uh, I do need to take take more vacation for sure. That's an interesting Follow point. Follow your the, lead, Dylan. The, the creative juices are able to flow when you're on vacation. It's it, you're not so constricted by the the day-to-day minutiae and everything and the stress of of moving your propelling your business forward when you're just on vacation. Sadly, uh, not not sadly, but you know you're trying to get away from it all, but that's when the best ideas happen. It's like how the best ideas are in the in the shower in the morning. It's like that on a bigger scale. It's just when you're complete zenned out, it's like Oh, uh, we should do a podcast with Amy and Lance. I know I'm on my honeymoon, but I'm emailing them before Sandra wakes up. And we're going to get this going. Hopefully they say yes. Um, yeah, that's, that is my history for sure. Vacation, great time for great ideas come out. But uh, speaking of science, hopefully we don't ignore this science. But uh, last, last float conference, um, I think Graham was trying to, he was handing out pins, pins of different colors. Um, is for donations to uh, a float fund, basically, which is um, trying, to, trying to raise money for salt research. And basically, um, I guess I don't know the overall aim, if it's simply float tank uh, maintenance in general, or if it's super specific towards Epsom salt, but how, how sanitary is Epsom salt? Um, and the first results have actually come out, and uh, we'll, we'll provide a link for it in the show notes here. Um, but Amy, would you want to provide a little clarity on this for us? Sure, I'll do my very, very <laughs> best. So my understanding is we are just, now I could be wrong, and I would love to hear some feedback if anyone understands this differently mm-hmm. or even from Graham himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I'm understanding is this is the first of perhaps several tests uh, because it looks like uh, we're just uh, we're just in the beginning stages. So hopefully uh, fundraising has not, has fundraising ended for this? Does anybody know? I believe this is continual, yeah. This uh, is if, continual, if, okay. If you go to the website there, you can still donate. So I think eventually, from what I'm understanding or what I get the feeling from from this article, is um, we're going to eventually test uh, the efficacy of using H2O, H2O, H2O2 plus UV or an ozone. Um, but this is the beginning stages where they just wanted to kind of get a base uh, measurement for how salt in and of itself Effects uh, in this case, they only worked looked at two different um, uh, two different bacteria. So the test was set up fairly simply. They focused on two strains of bacteria. In this case, Enterococcus facium and Pseudomonas aeruginosa, which, from what I understand, are two pretty um, significant strains when dealing with hydrotherapy. They put these into different environments. So with the Enterococcus facium, it was put into a vial of regular water and a vial of salt water. And with the Pseudomonas aeruginosa, same thing, a vial of regular water and a vial of salt water. And each of these vials were measured for the bacteria strains and observed over 24-hour period. So they took measurements at zero, at one hour, and at 24 hours. Now what happened to those vials in between the zero and 24 hours is pretty significant. They took the time and they broke it up into two sections of 12 hours. During the first 12 hours of the experiment, the vials were shaken for 15 minutes at the beginning of every hour. 
The last 12 hours, the vials were left alone. There was no agitation. They were basically left uh, stagnant. Uh, so as you can imagine, this is basically a way to mimic what we do in our own float centers. After every client, we're turning on the pump, turning on the filter, agitating the water, moving that water around. And then, of course, when we go home at night, our pumps stay off and the water is uh, just stays uh, dormant. And the pumps stay dormant. The results were kind of interesting. And from what I understand, um, the Entercoccus fascium actually... I don't, I understand this because they put it so clearly in the article. They got a really nice quote from Rich Martin who compared the Entrococcus fascium uh, to Apollo Creed from Rocky, basically saying that this is a especially resilient organism. And what they saw every, at every measurement at 0, 1, and 24 hours was there wasn't a whole lot of change. Uh, and that goes for the regular water and the salt water. However, in the Pseudomonas aeruginosa, each time they took a measurement, they saw a nice significant decrease. In fact, from what I understand, the uh, measurements taken at a 24-hour mark actually showed the levels were so low, the instruments had trouble reading um, if there was any or, uh, bacteria organism left at all in the vials. And that is pretty, pretty cool and pretty exciting. But what makes it more exciting and what I think is more, even more significant in this situation is they got their hands on another test for the same bacteria. So as many of you know, Crash over at FloatLab uh, got NSF certification. And during his certification process, from what I understand, he also did some testing of the water on this bacteria. So they were able to take his um, his uh, results and compare them to our results. Now, uh, he did his test in a little different way, which I'm really excited about. Basically, once again, we have the 24-hour um, test, but uh, there was no agitation at all. Now, this doesn't mean that he did anything wrong during the uh, the test or anything at all. It was just a different type uh, of of testing. And it's kind of cool because it allows us some insight. So when we compare uh, the test done without agitation to the test with agitation, we don't see much change with the Entercoccus facium, but we do see a pretty significant change with the Pseudomosis aeruginosa. What we're seeing is in the vials or in the water that was agitated, the bacteria is significantly lower. And what this allows us to know is that our agitation of the water actually assists the process. Um, they believe it breaks up the bacterial colonies before they start to form. So it's a very important part of the process and it actually helps the process along. So I'm very thankful that we had access and that uh, to those studies and that they were so uh, transparent with those studies uh, because we were able to learn a little bit more than, than if we did not have access. And I really suggest that you head on over to Float Tank Solutions and read this blog article if you haven't. They break it down. It's very easy to read. But I also challenge you to go ahead and download that PDF file that has the details of the study in it. It seems a little overwhelming. There's a lot of um, scientific terms. However, I find it fascinating, the attention to detail in prepping the water, prepping the containers, prepping the study, and the thought that went into it. So uh, please take some time, head on over to Float Tank Solutions, and read this because this is, um, this is important stuff for our industry. 
And I know there's a lot of people out there like myself who are struggling with their regulatory bodies with the health department. And this type of thing can be pretty significant for us, can really be helpful to us and ease that uh, relationship uh, with our health officials and ultimately get more people floating. So exciting stuff. So, so I think there are, there are kind of there are two things that I feel like are being covered here. One is that some bacteria is being destroyed by the salt, that it, it's not surviving. And so just the high salinity content alone, uh, or excuse me, the high salinity content with agitation uh, simulating the pump is having an effect um, on particular bacteria, but not all, which would be awesome if we could just not have anything in our float tanks and and uh, just have salt and, and know that it kills everything. That'd be great, but it doesn't look like that's the case. However, I think the other thing that, that's being noted here is that there is a large um, difference between the previous test without agitation and the current test with agitation, um, right. which uh, I think should be noted, and I, I think it's uh, pretty clearly stated in, in this here as well, is the one that Crash uh, helped fund or write uh, or came up with that study. Am I correct in that mm -hmm. float lab? Yes, he did fund. He did fund that. Float labs correct. and and uh, was it last year's two two conferences ago? Um, there was quite a bit of controversy about this because nobody had any idea that NSF certifications were going on. And then during the conference, we found out that uh, float labs had already been certified by the NSF despite what seemed like, it didn't seem like there was A, any transparency whatsoever, and B, um, it, it didn't seem objective at all to us. Um, there are certain stipulations that the NSF is supposed to, to reach out to the industry to try to get a holistic view of, of the, the new process or product or whatever it is, and I I think on the spot, quite a few people were, were pretty agitated by the fact, <laughs> sorry for using that word, agitated, uh, by the fact <laughs> that uh, it wasn't, uh, that didn't seem to be the case, and it seemed like somebody was purchasing NSF certification, um, and, and, it, and it seemed as though Crash or Float Lab, however you want to say it, was trying to corner the market so that they would be the only float tank uh, possible to have NSF certification, which although you don't necessarily need NSF certification to exist in the future could mean that that's a staple that's well respected, well regarded, and it could mean um, that that uh, it does eventually get passed to law and, and cities and right. states could require NSF certification. Um, mm -hmm. So it has some short-term effect and definitely some, some potential long-term effects. So we'll, I believe that video is still online. Uh, if you want to see Rich Martin's speech, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, it'll actually give you a lot of a clarification on how the NSF procedures work, uh, the processes work. And then um, and then there's a QA afterwards, and actually your your business partner gives a has a few uh, pretty <laughs> yes. pretty good quote unquote aggressive questions uh, as well. Uh, Rich is a, a very intelligent, kind man. He works at the NSF, and I think he handled it very well. Um, and uh, but but I think there are still a lot of questions in the air. And to be to be quite frank, uh, I don't know exactly where I stand on it. But what I did expect was when I found out Crash was speaking at last year's float conference was that he was going to address this topic. And uh, a I thought it was <laughs> I know I just spoke very highly of the float conference, but here's here's one thing where I. I 
didn't didn't enjoy was that I saw that he was going to be a speaker last year, and I thought, well, I would way rather see somebody who brought information to the game because this is going to be uh, him trying to set the record straight, basically, of, of what his intentions are and try to make things right with the community. Or at least I assumed that would be the case because it's what the it's the smart thing to do. Uh, but as it turned out, his speech was um, about his recovery through addiction and and using float tanks and his his story overall, which was interesting and um, heartfelt. But uh, I felt like it really lacked any sense of the elephants in the room. Um, so I was disappointed by that. I was disappointed that he was a speaker, and I was disappointed um, by his speech. So. Uh, with that being said, I would love to have him on the show to talk about these very topics, because um, I'm I'm really curious. I'm really curious what how how he would describe this whole situation, because quite honestly, and I'll let you guys have have your piece here, but it it looks kind of shady to me uh, from the outside, and and it didn't look like it was community oriented. Well, and my concern is, uh, and you were right in saying that NSF is, certification is not necessarily, uh, it's not certainly not law and certainly right. not necessarily going to be adopted by every state. Mm-hmm. But when you're with a state like uh, I'm in Tennessee, and Tennessee is very fond of regulations, mm-hmm. and they have adopted quite a bit of the NSF certification. So if something like that happened, um, what happens in my situation is they could come in and say, hey, if you aren't up to our new uh, certification that we've adopted within 30 days, 60 days, uh, we're shutting you down, mm-hmm. which if something like that came along, that could that could easily for a lot of businesses, small businesses, they could shut us down and we'd be in big trouble. So it has pretty big implications for states like myself. And I think uh, watching uh, Dan there on um, Float Tank Facilitators, it looks like he's, it wasn't wasn't Dan, I'm so sorry. There was someone on Float Tank Facilitators. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on the Facebook group who was saying that they are also, they they sound like they're having similar issues with their uh, health department. Um, for health departments that are very strict and like the regulations and do traditionally adopt NSF certifications, that can be a really scary thing. That that was a moment of panic for me, you know, when we found out this stuff right. was going on right. and knowing what yep. we know. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I would love to hear uh, more about it and understand uh, how that came to be and what Crash's thoughts were behind it, what his intention was behind it, and moving, f- and more importantly, moving forward, um, how are we all going to help each other and, um, you know, do the best thing not only for our clients, but for, you know, for our, our uh, companies as well. Yeah. And for the industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Lance, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to think, I think, I was just going to say, I think uh, Crash is, he's a, He's a float madman. He's a genius. Yeah. Yep. Some some of the stuff he's doing with his tanks are, you know, sort of out of this world. And I think um, as a manufacturer, you know, I don't have any hard feelings against him. Um, I know we want everything to be community oriented, but as a manufacturer, if you want to go pay the money to pay for certification um, and that gives you an advantage, um, that's 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 what he's doing right like that's that's how you get an advantage when you're manufacturers you get yeah. that certification so is it good for the community uh, maybe not so much but i don't think we everyone needs to hate on the guy because he's uh-huh. the first person to like make the step to do it because he had the funds to do it because he yeah. wanted to we should be saluting him be like thank you you know you're 
you made the first step for the industry, but yeah, I, I don't know as much into the NSF <laughs> side of it as Amy you do. I know that was a, <laughs> sorry, feel free, but no, 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 no. Well, I, I don't think the the issue is that you did it. I've, I'm a big fan of certainly giving yourself every advantage. I think it was the way how how it was done um, and how it could, you know, just as much as he certainly. Um, able to and certainly entitled to do something that gives him advantage. I mean, that's what business is about. And I'm totally for that. Um, at the same time, um, from a business standpoint, he could have, especially where we were at that point in our on our game, if that would have been adopted by my state, that could have put us under like in 30 days or less if I had to run out and and do that and i and, and that's not good for uh, the industry either like even for him like so then he has potential to be the only float center but that's not good for the market to only have one business entity mm -hmm. you want competition you want these other ideas to have the ability to be in there and and now there is now the door has been cracked open but we had to kind of kind of force our way in there and the fact that he's already certified is really weird to me to be quite frank yeah that is weird but i haven't heard of no one get shut down i haven't heard right. of no, no, no. any negative repercussions except for okay guys let's move forward this is what happened how do we move forward and we're in that forward movement right now so we are now um, you yeah. know it, it I, spiked I, it yeah. spiked great conversation like uh -huh. once that happened throughout the community i remember that conference that lit that conversation beside how are we moving forward well, as the industry well, thank for goodness regulation. for for float on in my opinion for they they put mm -hmm. up martin there they opened the qa they they allowed and and i would i would probably say intelligently created that controversy they they knew mm -hmm. that spark was going to happen and mm -hmm. they they created that i don't think crash wanted that to happen in fact when he went up there during the qa he was not entirely well composed. He was not planning on this to be happening. This was during Martin's speech, um, and he went up during the QA. I think, oh gosh, maybe maybe I'm getting a little too into speculation here, but but I, I, based off the history of things and what it looked like to me, he would like this to have quietly to have happened and to have maintained control, um, and uh, I don't know that for a fact. But uh, I, I was certainly rubbed the wrong way, personally. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had yeah, a feeling I, today that this was gonna this whole test result thing was gonna be turned around to crash somehow. <laughs> I knew well, that. Well, it's brought up uh, in. Well, it's not about it, the float labs <laughs> part is brought up, and yeah. and that's one more thing of uh, that. Now I'm not saying he specifically said let's not do agitation, but the the not fact fair. that the pumps were were filtered that way makes Epsom salt look better, which makes his filtration system look, have one more chink in the armor. Because like you said, he's got incredible float tanks and an incredible filtration system. Nobody's, nobody can say that's not the case. Right. But, that's, but that's... these studies and, and furthering the studies with UV and all that stuff is going to further show that you don't need the, the, the madman's uh, filtration system to get the job done. Maybe mm -hmm. his is so good it's overkill and reality of safety is you know Certainly. a few, few pegs down um so maybe this is seeing how how uh valid just epsom salt is that seems like the first thing to find out right and then we build from there 
um, starting with somebody's specific equipment seems odd to me. Yeah. And like you said, Lance, there's, there's like you're always saying, there's always more than one way to get to the end result. Um, and actually, I think bringing in the float lab, um, the test, I don't think there's anything negative or, or negatively implied about that. Actually, I, I'm pretty impressed, and I think it's great that we're sharing this information. Um, and I think, you know, one thing they brought up, and it's very true, doing this research is super expensive. So, you know, if he was working on his certification and he had a limited amount of money that he's working on, um, I don't think that he was intentionally doing anything with how he set up this um, with this lab. It could have been a money thing. It could have been, sure. well, this is, you know, what he, we don't know what he was trying to, yeah. to look for yeah. or what he was looking for in that study. So I don't. I mean, I, I think it's great that he did the study. I think it's great that he shared the results of his study. Nice. I don't, I think that's, I, I actually think that's a really positive thing about this article. Cool. And um, I think it's a, it gives us a chance to really learn. We learned something. We learned that agitation makes a huge difference. So if we wouldn't have had crashes results, we might not have realized just how much difference it makes. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty significant thing. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And I, I think, um, Maybe too much is, is thrown on to crash through this because I think a lot of the controversy was also how the NSF handled this as well. I um, agree. And the fact that they weren't reaching out to people. Um, and, and yeah. But, uh, but and then to defend NSF on that is bottom line is they need income. They need somebody paying money for them to do the research. They're not just going to pick random things and go, hey, let's certify this. They, they need somebody to be writing a check. And if that meant it was crash, then then that also makes, makes yeah, sense. it could have been it could have been any manufacturer that you right. know, took the first leap to say hey let's let's get some testing on the go but it just so happened to be crashed yeah so. <laughs> yeah the, the weird part to me with that is is just that it's uh based off his float tank I, I that just that just feels so odd to me and but but to certify it and then go nobody else is certified and, and then we're going to grow at this organic pace of research I'd love to talk to Rich about that a little bit more. We we have spoken in the past, and when I speak to him, it does make a little bit more sense. But I, I can't say there there aren't still holes that I would like to to understand better. So maybe we can get him on the show as well. Um, and I know he's a busy guy, but um, that that could be real nice. Um, any other thoughts on on the research here itself? <laughs> Not all its <laughs> its political implications. IR scientist. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, really, really cool first step and um, really cool to find out that the money we're donating is actually having direct results. So we don't have to depend on uh, you know, somebody, somebody specifically with, with a specific agenda, but instead uh, the, the industry on the whole. Well, I uh, think that wraps up this episode. I appreciate all your guys' input. Lance, Amy, thank you so much. As always, if anybody wants to bring anything into um, the show, leave a speak pipe. It's the gold bar on the left side of theartoffloating.com. Beyond that, of course, you can find us on Facebook, The Art of Floating Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Artful Floating. And uh, Amy, anything else I'm missing here? Sounds good to me. All right. You got it all. Nice. Lance, anything else? Anything I'm missing? Nada. Sweet. Wonderful. Catch it. Catch it before you burn out, people. Catch it before you burn out. That's the truth. <laughs> I am going to add one more thing. Yes. Remember, even when you're in the early stages, um, even if you can give yourself a half day off or a full day off, vacations may not be a great way to, or may not be, even be possible at that point. Um, but I sure encourage people to take 
even a half day every week to disconnect and do nothing, even yeah. if it's outside a float tank. I wish I would have known that. It would have saved me a, a mini breakdown in the beginning. Yeah. So I'm going to add that. Don't it doesn't have to be a vacation. Don't, but. don't, uh, don't take your phone or, if, you know, don't. I'll find myself checking my emails at the park, you know. Like, bring a book to put your phone in your pocket. Turn it off. Leave it in the car, whatever. Disconnect for a little bit. Yeah. With that, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast. 